You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears could learn a thing or two from what we saw in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're looking at what the Chicago Bears can take away from the four divisional round games that we saw on Saturday and Sunday, taking a look at what the quarterbacks did in these games, what each team was able to do from a running game standpoint, and how special teams really does matter in these big games. The second round of the NFL playoffs was a wild weekend with some crazy games that swung back and forth in a variety of different ways and really kept us guessing all game long. But within some of those games, we saw a couple teams really feel like everything was going wrong and everything particularly crumbling around the quarterback position and putting some of these quarterbacks in the position to where they had to really shoulder the load and try and do everything they could to keep their team in their contests. And I couldn't help but reflect on the value of the quarterback position and relating it to this Chicago Bears team and whatever the future is going to be for Mitchell Trubisky, that if When you look at these teams in the playoffs, it's really difficult when you see the teams where the quarterback isn't able to really elevate the level of play of the players around him and really overcome extreme circumstances in these pivotal games. And the difference between the teams that are locked into those quarterbacks that can't overcome and the teams that have found that quarterback that can put them over the top, I think, was striking. And so I I keep coming away feeling like the Chicago Bears can't pay any quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky included, the really big bucks on their next contract unless you are really sure that he's a difference maker at the quarterback position. You look at the Vikings game against the San Francisco 49ers. And for a lot of that game, you know, Kirk Cousins was, he was fine. He, he wasn't inaccurate throwing downfield. He was able to escape the pocket at times and make some plays and try and keep his offense going. But it, it was never quite enough. And it was never, you know, it was never him being bad, but he just wasn't good enough. He, he's a quarterback that needs support. You know, he needed more from his offensive line. He needed more from his receivers. He needed more from his running game, and he needed more from his defense. But the problem is he's being paid like a quarterback who should be able to overcome a lot of those obstacles. He's being paid like the Russell Wilsons of the league, where you see the the Seahawks and the Packers, and it really feels like Russell Wilson is doing everything by himself. He's extending plays. He's finding open receivers, somehow, someway escaping an incredible amount of sacks and pressure in the pocket to keep his team in it to the very end. I know they didn't win, but it was all Russell Wilson really making up for so much else going wrong on his team. And it's just a reminder for the Bears that I think the worst place you can be at as a franchise is to be really stuck and locked in in that quarterback purgatory with a quarterback who can't quite win it all for you. I think with Mitchell Trubisky, we've seen glimpses of it 
We saw the fourth quarter against the Denver Broncos this season on the comeback drive that ended with the game-winning field goal. We saw it in the fourth quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles where he leads the team back to set up the Cody Parkey double-doink. And if he can consistently do that, then you might have the type of quarterback that's worth really investing in and putting a long-term future in. But the problem is, in the first three quarters of both of those games, we saw a lot of bad throws from Mitchell Trubisky, and it's all the rest of the time in between those great moments that you just can't saddle yourself up with long-term. And it's sort of a difficult spot that a lot of general managers find themselves in and that Ryan Pace is very quickly approaching that you know it's not as though it doesn't mean you just you can't pay any quarterback who isn't elite because it's really hard to find a Russell Wilson and an Aaron Rodgers and a Patrick Mahomes I mean there there's only a couple of them because it's so hard to find so you, it doesn't mean you can't pay any quarterbacks if they're not a superstar but you just have to be careful with the particularly massive contracts the fully guaranteed deal that a Kirk Cousins gets and you kind of have to know in these negotiations and in these bidding wars for quarterbacks when you need to walk away and when the line is that, okay, I just can't afford to put that much money and resources into one position when maybe this particular player is going to need more from all of the other positions because we're going to see Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson get massive contract extensions very soon. And the quarterback market is going to take another big step forward. And when Mitchell Trubisky is up for a new contract after that, if, if he's going to be looking to approach the top of the market value type quarterback contract for a young quarterback, the Bears at, at this level of consistency from Trubisky can't afford to lock into a major significant deal with a quarterback that they're not sure will be able to consistently win them those big games and really elevate the level of play of guys around him. So it's really a tricky situation and one that the Bears have to be extremely careful with because as much as you want to reward your young quarterback and work on developing him, you can't lock yourself in long-term if you don't have the right guy. But I know, finding a really good quarterback is really hard. But you know what doesn't have to be hard this year? Getting in the best shape of your life. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. You just need to check out our friends at Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone. Busy moms and dads, first responders and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in the gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited-time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit dot com slash L-O-N-F-L echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L Getting back into shape isn't the only way you can step up your game this year because now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence thanks to Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. 
And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. And Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just cover shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So the Bears need to have a quarterback who can step up and really take over when things around them are going wrong. But of course, you also want to build a team to support a quarterback and make it so that the quarterback doesn't have to do it all. I mean, of course, you want the quarterback to be prepared for and ready for a lot of the worst case scenarios. But I think you saw the better teams in both conferences this weekend really put their quarterbacks in a position where they didn't have to shoulder the load and where they could sort of take it easy and maybe a little bit to where we're not sure how much we can trust those quarterbacks because they've done such a strong job of supporting them. And I think we look most specifically at the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans this weekend. And really, I think the Bears can look at those two teams and take away such a, an importance of being physical and being able to run the ball consistently, but not just be successful running the ball, but really impose their will and do it in spite of the other team's every effort to stop them. That it was such a, a focal point for both the 49ers and the Titans to be able to make Jimmy Garoppolo's job pretty easy and to make Ryan Tannehill's job pretty easy. And especially when you're looking at the Bears and some of the inconsistency that they've had at the quarterback position, it really makes that surrounding supporting cast all that much more important. And I think it's interesting because... The 49ers and Titans did it in different ways, but are able to do it and have the same sort of general effect of not only taking some of the pressure off of your quarterback, but really also dominating the clock, giving your defense some time to rest, and just imposing your will and kind of taking a lot of the energy out of the opposing team. You know, it started with the Tennessee Titans going up against the Baltimore Ravens in in really the the big upset I guess the biggest upset of this of the weekend and kind of not only shutting down what the Ravens want to do but Derrick Henry continuing to do Derrick Henry things even passing for a touchdown but there were so many drives in that game where Ryan Tannehill could just sort of manage the offense and I, I don't like to just throw the word game manager because there were times when Tannehill had to convert some first downs and, and that is part of this whole equation where you know he can hand it off to Derrick Henry and pick up five yards here four yards there three you know and, and just sort of build up those chunk yards and eventually you kind of get the breakaway you know 66 yard run down the deep down the field but 
there were still times when you know you get into those third and mediums and third and shorts and just making it a more manageable situation for your quarterback. So Ryan Tannehill can have a third and six instead of the third and tens and the third and twelves and the third and eights that not only we saw Mitchell Trubisky have all season, but we saw you know Russell Wilson have in the Seahawks game, and we saw to some extent Kirk Cousins have some of those in the Vikings game, and really putting a, a lot of stress on your quarterback in, in just a way that isn't productive for a guy is that isn't as consistent. And, and that's what Derrick Henry was able to mask so much of for the Tennessee Titans this season. It, you know, it's it's eight yards on first down and then it's one yard on second down. So they have a third and one. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill can scramble. He can run the option. You, you really have not only your quarterback having an easier time, but your play caller really having their full playbook uh, allotted to them. But, you know, you like compare the Titans doing it to the way the 49ers do it. And it doesn't have to be your one dominant running back necessarily. It, it can be that variety in the backfield and making the posing defense not really sure what exactly you're going to do and, and who's going to get the ball and what the run concept is going to be and, and how it is you're going to do it. And I, and I think back in particular to that drive in the third quarter by the 49ers where it was Tevin Coleman up the middle, Tevin Coleman up the middle, Tevin Coleman right tackle, Raheem Mostert up the middle, Raheem Mostert right tackle, Raheem Mostert left tackle, then Tevin Coleman up the middle, Tevin Coleman up the middle, touchdown 49ers. And it was like eight straight runs for like 45 yards and six minutes off the clock and a touchdown, but it wasn't super obvious every time. I mean, yes, you had an inkling they were just going to keep running the ball, but there would be pre-snap motion. There was a variety of concepts. There was a variety of formations. There was a variety of running backs in the backfield, and it wasn't just one guy. It wasn't nearly as predictable as you would think by an eight-play running-only drive. And again, it makes Jimmy Garoppolo's job that much easier, and it helps out the 49ers' defense and gives them a break. And I think the key similarity between both of these teams, regardless of their running backs, is just how well the offensive linemen were able to block. I mean, of course, give Derrick Henry a ton of credit for running hard. Give Raheem Mostert a ton of credit for running hard. Give Tevin Coleman all the credit in the world for his big performance. But those guys are getting great blocking from their offensive lines. They're not being met in the backfield constantly. They're taking the space that the linemen are giving them and breaking them into bigger gains, but it's that, that sort of consistency up front both in pass protection and run blocking in particular, to be able to establish that type of an offense, have that offensive identity, and support your quarterback in that way. And that, again, allows the coach to have more variety in his play calling because he trusts his offensive line to be able to block in all of those different ways. And it's so critical that the Bears find a way to do that, to, to get the offensive line to run block better, whether that be with the new offensive line coach or getting some more competition in there at a couple of different positions, both tackle and guard, really, and just finding a way to make that a more respectable part of the offense and not just something that Matt Nagy would abandon at times or sometimes they would just force feed David Montgomery in a couple games and he'd just sort of keep running into walls and he'd he'd be able to get in the end zone but he'd finish with 60 yards on 20 carries and it didn't have quite the same effect. It, It has to be effective running in order for the defense to really respect it and to really take that pressure off of your quarterback. And of course, running the ball also helps when the weather starts becoming a problem in some of these outdoor games in January. And if you're starting to get a little bit sick of this Chicago winter and this cold, 
then you may want to follow your favorite baseball teams this spring down to Arizona for the Cactus League spring training. Of course, there's the amazing weather and landscapes and exciting outdoor adventure with incredible food, making Arizona the perfect home base for baseball fans. The two Chicago teams are among the 15 ball clubs who go down to Arizona for their spring training. They've got 10 stadiums all in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. And it's the kind of relaxed environment like Chicago Bears training camp where you get the opportunity to meet the players and get autographs before games. They've got plenty of activities for the whole family. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. The Chicago Bears of all teams shouldn't necessarily need the reminder, but these divisional round playoff games showed us once again how important special teams are when it comes to the playoffs. And we know how special teams came to play for the Bears in the playoffs last season, and we saw it make a, a pretty big impact in the Chiefs-Texans game. Of course, as it went on, the score continued to go up, but especially early in that contest, a lot of back and forth happened because of special teams. We saw, I think, multiple fumbles on kick returns. We saw a fake punt. We saw a blocked punt go all the way back for a touchdown. And then when the Chiefs were really down and and seemingly out, it was a huge kickoff return that really felt like the first spark, and it led to that first Kansas City Chiefs touchdown when they were down 24 nothing in that second quarter, and that would have been the, the beginning of the first of seven straight touchdown drives for the Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, the kickoff return is not the only reason or the reason that they scored seven consecutive touchdowns, but it really seemed to put a little bit more energy back into that Kansas City Chiefs sideline and really remind everybody that, hey, one big play here, and, and if they stop fumbling and kind of shooting themselves in the foot with drop passes and mistakes here and there, that they, that they were able to not only overcome, but really completely flip that whole game around. And it was just so clear how in these big playoff games, it can really sometimes come down to just one or two plays making the difference in a game, and, and sometimes those come on special teams. And we've seen that with this Chicago Bears team. Of course, there's the, the infamous Kevin Pierre-Lewis penalty, and we've seen how special teams penalties have been a problem for the Bears. It's part of why uh, Adam Hogue from WGN will always tweet hashtag Bears special teams, and everybody knows exactly what he's talking about because there's always something with the Bears special teams. And, and this season there was there was some more good to call hashtag Bears special teams, but sometimes it was Tariq Cohen catching a punt and running around to go nowhere or backwards, and sometimes it was, you know, other penalties. The Bears had like 21 special teams penalties and a number of missed tackles on special teams, and sometimes those can be really the difference in those close games where if you could just go back and change one play here and one play there, your entire outcome would be different. And I, and I kind of think back to the Bears teams of previous years and not just 2018 and cuz the special teams have had their ups and downs in Chicago for a long time. But I think about the different times when 
special teams were able to make a big positive play. You know, I think back to even 2017, Pat O'Donnell fake punt pass to Benny Cunningham for a touchdown. Or it, it felt like last season, you know, when we saw Tariq Cohen be able to break off some big punt returns. And now in 2019, Cordero Patterson really being a difference maker as a kickoff return guy and being able to flip some of that energy and, and, and spark the team the way we saw the Chiefs get in this game. And of course, solidifying the kicker position is a big step for the Chicago Bears and, and one that they need to continue to get more of from Eddie Pinero. But I think about you know the, the other guys, the Sherrick McManuses of the world, the Nick Kwiatkowskis, the DeAndre Houston Carsons, and even Cordero Patterson being the one covering on kicks and punts so often, how important those guys are. And just being able to really be sure of your special teams and trust that you know when you are punting the ball that it's not going to get blocked because you remember everything seeming to go wrong for the Bears when they had their blocked punt touchdown that they gave up and how those type of plays can be so critical and when you think about the Bears it's like it it, it feels like a fluke sometimes where it's like well it's a blocked punt touchdown but it felt like over the course of the season it wasn't just like oh they can't block on punt coverage like they can't keep their punter protected but it was like collectively there there seemed to always be one or two little things on special teams that you'd like to clean up and of course the Bears don't appear to be making any changes at the special teams coordinator spot they did move on from their assistant special teams coach Brock Olivo but Chris Tabor will still be the special teams coach but it's just critically important to make sure that you are so secure in there because it's it's, sometimes it's not even the big plays that you do make but it's the big plays that you avoid for the opponent it's it's not allowing that punt return touchdown it's not allowing that blocked punt it's not allowing that big kickoff return to spark the other team it's being very secure in what you do I mean think back to Bears Patriots two years ago when Cordero Patterson takes that touchdown back all the way and and that was such a a back and forth game where the Bears lost by seven and you may remember the end of that game coming down very very tightly within just a a couple of yards there thanks to a Hail Mary pass to Kevin White but if you take away that kickoff return touchdown from Cordero Patterson that doesn't mean the Bears win necessarily but it changes the whole dynamic of that game and that was another one where Pat O'Donnell had a punt blocked by Donta Hightower and Kevin Van Noy ran it back for a touchdown. It was two special teams touchdowns that cost the Bears in that contest. So it, it just it, it in these really close games that are decided by seven or fewer points, t- special teams can really flip the tide there. And you saw even Packers Seahawks on Sunday night, Pete Carroll deciding to not go for it on a fourth down and punting and, and all of those sort of key game management situations that circle around special teams. The Bears have to learn from the other playoff teams that we've seen and really make sure they are as solid there as they are on defense and as solid as they need to become on offense. So hopefully the Bears are keeping an eye on how the best of the best are doing it this postseason. And, you know, we'll be watching closely all through the Super Bowl and everything the Bears are going to do from there. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. As we move along through the offseason, we're going to keep looking at some potential quarterback situations around the NFL that could influence what the Bears do in their quarterback room this year. And we'll have plenty of free agents and NFL draft prospects to break down as well. So I hope you keep it locked right here on Locked on Bears. Because you know, even when there's no Bears football on Sundays, you're still going to tune in and find another reason to bear down.